The Vegas Forward podcast delves into the lives of the people in our community, uncovering not only what they do, but who they are. Business may keep our city strong, but it's the individuals that continue to create, innovate, and push Vegas forward. All right, welcome to the uh, Vegas Forward podcast. Today we've got John Sharkey, the Senior Business Advisor at Lee Business School at UNLV. Welcome to the show. Happy to have you here today. Thank you. Uh, I'm excited to be here. It's Starkey, not Sharky. Oh, Starkey. <laughs> but I get, I get. Edit I, that, edit that. I get Sharky all the time. My <laughs> students call me that all the time. I'm going to call you Sharky now. That's okay. fine. That yeah. fine. Okay, so Starkey, I apologize. No, or Shar- or Stark. People do that too. Stark. So tell me Stark. <laughs> mm-hmm. So g- give me a little bit of background about what you currently do at the business school. Um, just high level. Yeah. So uh, I'm a senior academic advisor. That's my official title. I work with students day in and day out, helping them figure out academic requirements and ultimately the quickest way to get them graduated with whatever degree they want. Uh, beyond that, I also teach uh, part-time. Oh, cool. I supervise a lot of student workers that are mentors for younger college students. So we're a bunch of different hats, but honestly, everybody at UNLV does. Yeah. It's a smaller team, right? Because we did a project for the the law school, actually, at AdLava. Oh, yeah. okay. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Just working, working on wrapping that up. But um. It does seem like there's smaller teams at the school, correct? Yeah, no, there's a bunch of different units. They're all yep. focused on different things. So you'll hear something like the Lee Business School or the Hotel College, but yep. then you break that down into numerous different units that all serve different purposes. Yeah. Didn't they build a new building? Is it for the hotel school? That was for the hotel school. They so did. Okay. hotel and business used to share a building. I remember that, yeah. Uh, yeah. Business is trying to get a new building. Okay. So we are hopeful that in the coming years that's going to come to fruition. But yeah, hotel uh, got a new building a few years ago, and it's phenomenal. Yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, I haven't been in there. I yeah. haven't been stepped on foot in the campus in uh, many years since I went there. So, well, we miss you. So, <laughs> if you ever, uh, wanna, I'll be back. Yeah, <laughs> if you want to come finish anything, come on. Uh, we'll get to that. Yeah. We'll get to that. So, so let's start at the kind of the very beginning of you know where you grew up, a little bit about your childhood and upbringing. Um, if you have siblings, maybe tell us a little bit about your uh, yeah where you came from. Well, I feel free to stop me because uh, yeah, sure. I may rant a bit, but yeah. I had a pretty wild upbringing. Um, I was raised in West Virginia, okay. so you know uh, I'm a, somewhat of a country boy at heart. Yeah. And around age four, my father passed away of diabetes. Mm. So then it was just me and my mother and my older sister, who's about ten years older. Okay. And then when I was eleven, my mom actually passed away. Oh, jeez. So my sister became my legal guardian at age 11 and she was 21 at the time and she was still very much you know in party phase of course yeah like all 21 year olds right yeah like all 21 year olds except she was in and out of trouble a lot because of drugs okay uh her whole life yeah so when she became my legal guardian that caused a uh a lot of traumatic experiences in my childhood mm-hmm. because she really wasn't there and she definitely wasn't fit to be a mother at that time. Yeah. 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 I, uh, so after, you know, she became a legal guardian, I moved in with her for a little bit and then ultimately we had a falling out. She ended up going to prison. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is just kind of in the story with her my whole life yeah. off and on, but I was homeless for several years as a teenager, oh, wow. uh, ultimately just couch surfing. Mm-hmm. I was, I worked hard at school to make a lot of friends or to try to be the funny guy. So yeah. I would, you know, get the attention maybe I wasn't getting at home. I got heavily involved at church at the time. And I was really trying to figure out, you know, what am I going to do with my life? Who's going to take care of me? Who's going to yeah. help me? And even though I was homeless for those few years as a teenager on the streets, in shelters, and then, you know, couch surfing when I started making a lot of friends in school. I finally just met this guy named Grant uh, around eighth grade, ninth grade. Um, <coughs> and Grant was like this. I don't know if he was JV or varsity at the time, but he was also in eighth or ninth grade. And he was uh, a basketball player and I was a nerd. Yeah. And I didn't think we'd be friends at all. Sure. <laughs> but we actually really hit it off. Yeah. Then he told his family about me and his family pretty much at that point offered me a place to stay. Oh, wow. For the rest of high school. Wow. So even though I wasn't, you know. Was the school aware of your situation at all or? Yeah, no, good question. The school was aware of my situation. I I got the most help from teachers and church until I finally found Grant and the Burton family to move in with. Wow. Um, 
and there were people from church, like the Mariner family, that just went above and beyond for me and still do to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, but even though like the school and stuff knew that I didn't have parents, that my sister was a drug addict, I remember at one point I was trying to figure out if I should go into the foster care system. And I forget which branch of the government it was, but I don't know yeah. if it was like the welfare house or social security. I don't know. But when my mom died, my dad's checks from his death stopped coming in from social security and we couldn't get any money from my mom dying. So I really didn't understand how any of that worked. Yeah. So I was trying to figure it out without really any help as a kid. And I specifically remember- It's a lot for a young kid like that to it, handle. It I mean, was a lot. And I specifically remember uh, somebody involved with CPS, Child Protective Services, in West Virginia telling me straight up in their office when I was a teenager, do not go into the system. Mm-hmm. If you can do anything else, whether it's shelters or find somebody else to live with, if you have extended family, do not go into the system. It is not recommended. Yeah. yeah. And when I heard that, you know, as a, as a young kid, I was kind of shocked. Like, why is it so bad? Right. Yeah. So the government can't help me. The Who's supposed to help me? And, yeah. Yeah. And ultimately, friends help me. Yeah. You know, friends are really what got me to where I am at today and just in general. That's an amazing story. Yeah. Yeah. It's. <clears throat> It's crazy too because I have a lung disease called cystic fibrosis mm. and uh, dealing with that when I was a kid I was pretty much ignoring it most of my childhood because yeah. you know I didn't really have the means or anybody telling me hey you need to take your meds or you need to do your breathing treatment or insurance or, too right like yeah. yeah yeah no I I think I had some I can't remember about the insurance scenario yeah, but yeah. There, there was issues yeah um, but cystic fibrosis is a progressive lung disease uh, when I was born in 87, the life expectancy for somebody with cystic fibrosis was age 30. Oh, wow. So today, just because of medical advancements, um, if you were born today with cystic fibrosis, your life expectancy is well into your f- 50s. Okay. So we have drastically raised the life expectancy because of uh, just medical advancements. I'm, every year, I'm practically introduced to a new medicine at this point okay. that helps my quality of life or helps prolong my life. And that impacts you to this day, correct? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, cystic fibrosis ultimately is a disease that you know makes your mucus more thick and more prevalent yeah. in your yeah. body. So like, you'll hear me cough a little bit or things yeah. like that. For me, it, it primarily affects my sinuses more than anything else. Okay. It's stereotyped as uh, impacting your lungs, and it does yeah. unfortunately lead a lot of people to needing a lung transplant. But for me, it's primarily always been a sinus major issue. Yeah, and uh, I get sinus surgery like once at least every two years just oh, to get wow. it cleaned up. Yeah, and how did you battle through all that? Like you know, like as a young kid, um, you know. <laughs> Yeah, obviously you had friends, luckily, right, that helped you through it. But mentally, I think that that would be just just the just the cystic fibrosis alone. A lot of people wouldn't be able to overcome that. I mean, what do you think was in you uh, as a person that kind of gave you that fight, if you will? Yeah, yeah I yeah. So if you don't mind, I'll share a quick story. Yeah. You know, when after my dad died, before my mom passed away, we were really poor. And uh, I remember watching TV because I was pretty much like the movie The Cable Guy with Jim Carrey. I was obsessed with the TV as a yeah. kid because yeah. it was my only real friend uh, until I eventually, you know, got into my teenage years and met people at school. But those those early years with my mom before she passed away, we were so poor, but we always spent money on HBO because she loved movies and I loved movies. Yeah. So even though we like had, didn't have food, we had HBO. Yeah. yeah. And uh, one of the things that I eventually watched, it was one of those 90s sitcoms about going to Disney World. Yeah. And instead of taking place in the house, they all went to Disney World. I don't know if it was Full House or what, but uh, I remember sitting there crying my eyes out because I didn't think I'd ever be able to go to Disney World. Yeah. Yeah. And... I think back on that specifically because I'm 35 now and that I was probably like eight or nine then. I've been to Disney World numerous times since then. Yeah. So to answer your question, yeah. I um, I did not know what I wanted to do or how I was going to do anything when I was a teenager fighting through those years. Yeah. I just kept moving forward. Yeah. Again, I kept trying to be the funny guy. Yeah. Um, and I just kept trying to make friends because I quickly realized I, you know, and morbidly, I was running out of family members. Yeah. And, you know, my sister being a drug addict, I didn't know if she was ever going to pass. She's in and out of prison. So I just kept moving forward thinking 
I don't know what I'm going to end up doing, yeah. but I got to do something. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. So after, so you you live with that family through high school. Most of high school, yeah. Most of high school, and then you graduated high school in West Virginia. Yes. And then, and then, where did you go after after high school? Did you go to college or did you work? Yeah. Yeah. So. At the time, um, with cystic fibrosis, and again, things have changed drastically, but at the time, they thought desert climates were really good for CF patients. Got it. And I was never a fan of the beach, uh, of beaches. I've always hated the cold. Yeah. Shoveling snow was a nightmare for me as a child. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so when I was 18, I was figuring out where I wanted to go, and I was like, okay, desert climate, I hate the beach. <laughs> I don't want to be in the snow. Yeah. And I ultimately was like, okay, Arizona or Nevada. There you go. And then I just applied to, I think, UNR, UNLV, ASU. I got into UNLV. And then I kind of had like this, you know, fairy godmother, fairy godmother I met through some extenuating circumstances when I was a kid yeah. who heard my story and wanted to help out. So when she heard uh, about my story, and she was like cousins of one of my friends in high school. She said, you must go out of state. And I was like, well, I've already had these thoughts. Because yeah. she was like, you're never going to, you're not going to escape poverty here. If yeah. you stay in West Virginia. Yeah. Even though you have friends, even though you have this family, you got to go build start something fresh. for yourself and start fresh. Yeah, it's a great idea. And she pressured me to move out of state. And I didn't know at the time if it was the right decision, but... Uh, Gabby was absolutely correct. Yeah. It was the right decision to move out of state because uh, when I moved to Vegas, it just completely changed my life. Really? And, and in what ways? You just just meeting new people. I think I think maybe in your situation, just you you dealt with so much tragedy. Just having a blank slate where you could start over, like you said, is probably crucial, right? Like absolutely. Yeah. I didn't know how much I wanted the blank slate. Yeah. Um, but I knew again, I didn't want to be in the cold. So when I chose UNLV and uh, she helped me get into UNLV and afford UNLV the first few years, she yep. helped kind of pay out of pocket. She helped convince admissions to, because of my circumstances, afford me in-state tuition, oh, even wow. though I was out of state, which was a huge help. Um, but, what I, but when I got here, yeah. I didn't know anybody. I mean, my yeah. first night here, was like the week before I started college in 05. Okay. And I remember walking around. Where did you live? Uh, I lived in the dorms those first couple of years. Got it, okay. Yeah, but that first night I was here, I think I stayed at like the Alexis Park Resort or something Oh, like yeah, yeah, that. yeah. I remember, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's still around, isn't I, it? I think it is still <laughs> around. I don't know what it's known as or known for these days. Uh, yeah. But uh, it was pretty okay, and I saw Kaw the first night I was here, the Cirque Day, so oh, uh, yeah. the okay. Cirque show alone, and I just remember thinking, this is an insane experience. I'm yeah. alone in Las Vegas. What am I going to do? And then I moved into the dorms, and all the friends that I made from all around the world yeah. led me to having you know, what I feel to be a very successful and you know, great life. Awesome. There's so many international students at UNLV. Yeah. There's so many, um, all states are represented at UNLV. Yeah, it's definitely a melting pot. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. And spending those first uh, few years in undergrad, you know, I kind of played the same trick I did when I was a kid. Yeah. Make as many friends as possible. Yeah. Um, which I eventually realized was networking. <laughs> yeah, it's true, right? <laughs> I, I, yeah, yeah I you've mean, been doing this as a teenager. Yeah, retrospectively, I was like, <laughs> wait, I've been networking since I was literally yeah. 11. Yeah, like, that's yeah. crazy. So what did you go to school for? Uh, I picked business because I thought it sounded legit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I thought it would just be, you know, a solid degree to have to inevitably do whatever I want, which I didn't know at the time. Yeah. Um, but I ended up getting a bachelor's degree in marketing. Okay. But my experience at UNLV and being involved heavily on campus through a variety of different ways, like I was a resident assistant in the dorm for a few years, okay. made a lot of friends that way. I realized I really just liked the college campus and yeah. I really liked, you know, I, I really do like how diverse our campus is. And I love the fact that I'm constantly around uh, a setting that 
is unlike any other. There's just so many different people from so many different walks of life. Yeah. I mean, even when I teach a class, like the amount of people in there that look so different from one another is phenomenal. Oh yeah. Um, it's grown a lot, right? I mean, I, I left in before you started, I think, or right around when you started. Yeah. And um, it was, yeah, I mean, it's grown a lot. I mean, they built, like you said, new, new buildings, renovated, expanded, correct? Yeah, yeah. 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 No, we've, we've become a uh, much more legitimate university over the years, um, reaching, you know, uh, oh God, I'm going to mess up all the titles, but, you know, our statuses has changed over the years to where we're becoming much more legitimate. Yeah. And we're still a young school. I mean, we were created in 57. So nationally, if you look at colleges, that's still sure. very young. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, uh, recently we became one of the most diverse schools in the nation these mm. past few years. So that's one of our hot selling points. But yeah, just being on that campus is exciting. Is, is it still heavy commuter percentage or is it? Very much. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Very much a heavy commuter, uh, commuter school. Yeah. Yeah. And if people just, you know, come to campus and leave, they're not really getting a great experience doing that. Yeah. But obviously everybody's working. It's Vegas. Everybody wants to work. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of people that want to work in Vegas. So. Yeah. I mean, pretty much everyone I knew when I was there was had a job. You know, it's very common. It feels that way. I mean, I talk to eight to like 16 students a day and yeah. almost all of them always have jobs. Yeah. Maybe not when they first start, like as freshmen, right? But yeah. yeah, definitely by like the end of their freshman, freshman year, sophomore year, most of them have jobs. Yeah. I had a similar, not obviously similar uh, uh, childhood. Yeah. But I, I did the same thing. I, I grew up in New Jersey, went to Rutgers University, and then I was like, I want to get out of here. I want a, kind of a blank slate. And so I actually moved, transferred to University of Arizona. Um, I looked at like, what are some cool schools to go to for business and, and went there for a year. Funny enough, met a guy that um, I'm still friends with to today. Him and I one night were having some drinks and we're like, let's move to Vegas and transfer to UNLV. And I was like, all right. So I called my mom. <laughs> she always tells me the story. She's like, I don't know how you got me to con convince me to let you move to Las Vegas of all places. Right. So I went to UNLV and, and sadly enough, before our, our podcast, I was telling you how I didn't graduate. Mm -hmm. And sorry, mom. She's still, she's still mad at me about that. I had like three classes to take. So, um, but yeah, the, the adventure of like just, and I know what you feel like, like going somewhere, not knowing anyone and try, and, and creating your whole life. Right. And Legit. It, it's, it's, it's a wild thing because it's scary, but it's, and it's not for everyone, I don't think, but it definitely, at least from my perspective, molded me to who, who I am, you know? Yeah. It's not for everyone. Um, yeah. You know, the guy I call my brother now because he is Grant, the basketball player from high school that friended yeah. a nerd and let him move in with him. Yeah. He decided to stay in West Virginia in our hometown. He has a great life, a house. He's getting ready to build a family, great wife. But for me, I just needed a completely new experience. And, and now in retrospect, I didn't realize how much I needed the diversity in my life that yeah. is represented on UNLV's campus. Yeah. Because it's helped, you know, change my worldview. And sure. it's just helped me evolve over the years especially since, you know, I, I really didn't have anybody telling me anything when I was a kid, Yeah, which is funny because you're talking about your mom and getting her approval yeah, to, yeah. you know, yep, graduate, yep. move to Vegas. Yeah. Uh, morbidly, I, you know, I joke, but I never needed approval from anybody to do anything ever. Yeah. yeah. Even when I was, you know, with uh, living with that family, I had some rules that I obviously followed by because of the household, but Overall, when you don't have anybody telling you what to do, I find it very impressive that you inevitably figure out something. Well, it is impressive because you can go. You, there's two. There's two roads you can go down, right? Yeah. I mean, the road your sister chose, and then the road you chose, um, and and just battling through that, and and you know, especially given the fact with the cystic fibrosis, I mean, that yeah. compounds all the challenges, right, and makes mm -hmm. things even harder. Um, so it's it's really cool. So when you graduated college, you did you start start working for UNLV right away, or did you? work anywhere else before that? Yeah, so when I graduated UNLV in 2010 with my marketing degree, I, uh, I did what every college student did that's afraid okay. to go into the work world. I went back to school. Okay. And okay. I was sitting there going, and this is a legit story, I started applying for jobs, you know, yeah. just at like rental car places, banks, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Low-level business type jobs that any, you know, entry-level <coughs> entry jobs for business majors. And when I was applying for those jobs, and I even I tell all my students this, I, I had to wear pants and a suit. Yeah. And you had to look nice. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I quickly realized 
how much I hated how the how we define professionalism. Corporate, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like, I, I can't be a suit. Uh, yeah. the, I can't be a suit the rest of my life. Yeah. And then I started like thinking, okay, well, if I go back to school, I love campus so much. I think I might just you know work at a college because, yes, you don't have to dress up, but also <laughs> I did and I did love the lifestyle of being on a college campus. So I went right into a master's program. I was okay. like, I'm done applying for jobs. My self-awareness kicked in. I don't want to be in corporate America. I cannot wear suits. Legit. I have to do something else. Okay. Uh, so the big joke this day is I hate pants. That's that's the big joke. And I'm You're wearing, wearing jeans right. right now? I'm okay. wearing jeans right now. Oh, good. Okay. But I, only for the podcast. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd be in shorts. Oh, really? Sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So so you uh, so tell me about applying to UNLV. Like so you you got your master's. Yeah, I got my master's in uh, educational leadership, ultimately just higher education. Got it. It's for it's a degree for people that want to work in the administration of colleges, okay. not necessarily teach, but just go into the system. Admin and, side. Yeah. Got it. And did you apply right away when you graduated and, and got the job or tell me a little bit about that? Well, in 2010, I applied uh, after I figured out I hated pants. I applied for uh, the master's level degree plus like some graduate assistant type jobs okay and i became an academic success coach for this center on campus that helps students with a variety of different things while you're at school or after while while, while. okay then i did that for two years uh while getting my master's and immediately following my master's program i applied to work for my alma mater lee business school very cool uh, as an academic advisor and thankfully i got that job and have been there ever since so it's been 10 years uh since june 2012 so yeah oh, it's wow. 10 years and funny enough, you're introduced to me with two of my employees who yeah. remember you yeah, fondly. Like, yeah. He's funny. You're going to get along with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, your two yeah. employees are great. They're former students of mine. One of them actually took my class. Okay. Um, so yeah, it, it was fun reconnecting with them this morning and via email. Yeah. And you're, I'm advising. You have any dirt on them or anything? We can. Play? Oh yeah, I got so much. I got tons <laughs> of dirt on Chelsea. I don't know if I have dirt on. <laughs> but yeah, I got tons of dirt on Chelsea. But uh, yeah. Uh, Emily's little brother is now also one of my students. That's got to be crazy right? as a teacher or like being in that field is you see generations of people kind of grow up, right? Being 10 years in, yeah. I, I started noticing a couple years ago when I was like, oh my God. Makes you feel old. I have a brother. I have a, <laughs> I taught your sister five years ago. Yeah. I was in class uh, this past semester and one of my students showed me a video of me from 2012 rapping an Eminem song. <laughs> rapping an Eminem song and they said you did this in class in 2012 my sister took your class oh no way. I was like oh my god this video exists where <laughs> why how do you still have this 10 years later yeah that's funny yeah. So, so you did the success uh was it success coaching you said during masters during, during masters. masters and then what was next after that that that's exactly when I became uh an academic advisor after right afterwards right oh after. cool okay right after no gap yeah tell me a little bit about that job like what what does your day-to-day -day look like uh, yeah, so academic advisors, you know, they're a part of the front line at UNLV. Mm -hmm. So they do have a lot of stuff to do. Um, it's much more paperwork than you'd ever imagine because of incoming freshmen and transfer students. There's just a lot of things required to make sure everything's in order for them to be successful. Okay. And what we do day to day is I sit in my office most of the day, and this is especially pre-pandemic. I sit in my office and I meet with students every 30 minutes, talk about their goals, talk about their interests, and ultimately talk about, you know, the quickest way to get them out of UNLV because my goal as an advisor is to get them graduated as soon as possible. Got it. Sometimes you get students that say, hey, I want to take my time, but yeah. I'm always trying to help students figure out the most efficient way to get out of there quickly. Which is great, yeah. Quickly, yeah. And so what is, uh, you know, that's the day-to-day -day operations, but you help them with finding internships or is it strictly more just about the curriculum at school and guiding them through that process? It's more so about the curriculum, <clears throat> excuse me, it's more so about the curriculum uh, and guiding them through that process. But it becomes a bunch of other things as well. Like it evolves depending on how your relationship goes with the student over mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. So some students will come to you with like crazy things. Like yeah. I had a girl a few months ago cry for like 30 minutes because she was telling me about her, how her boyfriend cheated on her. Oh, jeez. And I was like, okay, well, this is not really what I'm here for, but yeah. I will be here for you yeah. for this topic today. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you ultimately just try to help them figure out their goals. Yeah. Uh, 
in addition to helping them graduate. But everybody at UNLV wears a tons of hats. So like I supervise student workers. Uh, we have peer mentors that help freshmen transition. Yeah. And it's peer-to-peer -peer help. So I, I supervise a bunch of student workers. Um, we actually have a, in Lee Business School and the Hotel College as well, our own career offices for those specific students, which is separate from advising. Got it. So those career offices usually take uh, a lot of the help or take a lot off of us in regards to career exploration. And, I, and that's the nice thing about living in Vegas, right? Because like, like you were, we were talking about earlier, there's so many opportunities for people when they come to school here for jobs. So that was one of the reasons why I left Arizona. Yeah. I looked around in Tucson. I'm like, there's nothing here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like literally on the border of Mexico. And so I was like, if I graduate, like there wasn't a place to have a good internship. There wasn't real business opportunities locally. And so, you know, that's one of the reasons why I decided to leave. And I, I have two young boys. I got a five-year-old and a two and a half-year-old. And so I always said, like, when they get to that age, when they look for college, definitely find an area like a Boston or, you know, Vegas that has built-in opportunities where the school can help do those internships. And I told my staff too, like, cause we've, a lot of them have started off as interns and, you know, you learn a lot in college, but then, you know, when you get real life experience and you can apply the two together, that's where the real value comes in, in my opinion, right? But like doing internships has been great. I mean, you know, you get you get your foot in the door, you get to meet people. Like you said, you networked your whole life. You know, that's part of it, right? And it kind of leads yeah. to a lot of stuff. Internships are the number one indicator that the student is gonna get a good job after yeah. college if yeah. they've had an internship. Yeah. Uh, notice I didn't say if they graduate, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. if they have an internship, yeah. and especially in this town. I mean, this town is all about networking. Mm -hmm. uh, in the class I teach, I teach a freshman level class, so it's usually the people that just came out of high school right into college. Okay. And I'm always telling them uh, throughout the entire semester, you need to network and you need to be doing things outside of class constantly. Yeah. If you were talking to the same people every day about the same things every week, you will never evolve. Yeah. You will never get more opportunities in your life. Yeah. If your Friday looks the same with the same people every Friday for six months, you're making a huge mistake. Yeah. You got to be getting out and doing other things. You got to just explore and do tons of different things with different people. Yeah, I also yeah. tell my students to date a lot because it's this <laughs> perfect interview experience. Because uh, hey, there you go. It really True. is. Yeah. I mean, those yeah. er, those early dates when you're dating, it's like it's uh, it's perfect for figuring out what you want to say and how you construct your thoughts and yeah. Yeah. and thinking about oh, nothing should, more nerve wracking, right? <laughs> yeah, should I say this? Should yeah. I say that? Yeah, that's cool. So, so you've met? Have you met a lot of um, other business owners in town doing what you do? Or, or oh yeah. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of the students have gone on to do things and they reconnect with you a lot or? Yeah, they do, um, which is very nice. Anytime a student reaches out uh, that's now doing something else uh, yeah. because they've graduated and moved on, that's always very nice to see. But actually, I've met more business owners through uh, a chamber of commerce program called Leadership Las Vegas. Okay. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but no. it's a phenomenal program offered once a year. I think there's also one with the Henderson Chamber of Commerce that's okay. separate. Yeah. Um, but every year they uh, hire or excuse me, they have a cohort of people that apply to go into this year long program. Oh, and every month you exactly. learn every month you learn something new and in-depth about Vegas, whether it's hospitality, medical, education. It's pretty rigorous too, right? Very rigorous. Yeah, so a good friend of mine, Dusty, was he was actually on the podcast. He's, yeah. he's the CEO of Dot Vegas, the domain yep. extension. He was part of that. Yeah. Yeah, so once you start explaining, I remember he did. He sat in like court cases, I think, even legal, there was legal stuff involved. I, I played and, the role of a judge in an actual courtroom in you? the judge <laughs> chair. Yeah. It was, it felt, uh, it was, <laughs> I had some imposter syndrome that day, but uh, if yeah, it's a crazy program that really introduces you to everybody important or aspiring to be important in Las Vegas. Yeah. So I've met a lot of people through that, and obviously our career office tries to build bridges with uh, all the different organizations in the valley, simply because they want to connect students to internships and jobs after school. Do you guys bring in public speakers like people like the CEO of MGM or like all the time? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty yeah. cool. 
all the time. And anytime I'm talking to prospective students and I'm trying to sell them on Vegas or UNLV in general, yeah. I'm telling them about, hey, we literally have millionaires here every week speaking. Yeah. And sometimes the rooms don't even fill. So what are you doing outside of your uh, classroom Class. experience? What are you doing? Yeah. Uh, I mean, are, are you at work? That's yeah. fine. If you're yeah. working, that's fine because you're building your resume. You're trying to get some uh, responsibility added to your resume to show that you can be responsible and accountable in life. And we have all these speakers that come to campus, one, because, you know, people do love giving back, especially when that they reach that kind of height of success. Sure. And they typically do it by visiting college campuses or K through 12 and talking to students. And it's always somewhat embarrassing when you can't film a room, when you can't fill a room for a millionaire trying to tell you how to be successful. Yeah, right. <laughs> so yeah. I'm always telling students, like, yeah. get out there yeah. and talk to somebody. And if you go and don't talk to anybody, you made a mistake. Yeah. Go and talk to somebody there. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And what is UNLV doing as a, a you know, um, education or university to connect more, to grow with the city? Is there anything that they're doing um, currently, besides construction on, on, on property, um, you know, in our, in our local area, uh, is there anything like that going on? Or? Yeah, I mean, my first thought is when I started there in 05, when you went across the street, across yeah. from Mar across Maryland Parkway, yeah. it was a completely different place. Oh, it, yeah. it felt very dangerous back then. Now UNLV owns a lot of the other side of the street on Maryland Parkway. Oh, does and it? Okay. Yeah, and we've started making it just okay. a lot nicer in regards to aesthetics and businesses. But beyond that, I mean, UNLV, and I can't speak to everything because there's so many, you know, there's thousands of people that work there and they're, sure. all, and they're all doing amazing things. Yeah. But we're working hard to establish even stronger and stronger relationships with uh, Las Vegas. Yeah. There's, there's a shift in education, at least I feel, where obviously the teaching and the faculty are extremely important because you're trying to help students learn. Beyond that, we know now that for the majority of jobs, you need a degree. Yeah. So we are trying to help you get a degree, but beyond that, we're putting a lot more focus on career because we really need you to be able to get a job with your degree yeah yeah and it's not always as easy as just having the degree especially nowadays nowadays it's, it's yeah, not yeah yeah nowadays it's, it's not so that's why we work hard to really build more relationships with uh, you know all, all the different organizations around yeah and that's why i love the internship concept because yeah. you know i mean paid or unpaid i don't think it matters in my opinion because i think a lot of younger people, me included, you, you come out and you're like, I'm going to make all this money, you know, yeah. right out of school. And I think it's, you know, from what I've seen from other people I've had on the podcast, my own, you know, upbringing and experiences and, and people that have been on our staff is like, you know, throw yourself out there, learn new things. Um, you know, if, if your boss or the owner is like, try this, do it, you yes. know, because the more you learn, the more you like, a, you're like a sponge that leads to other things later. It doesn't mean you're going to be at that same location forever but it'll spring up new opportunities. Cause you, like you said, you know, you never know who you're going to meet and, and um, getting yourself out there, meeting new people, interacting, building relationships, and then leveraging those relationships later is kind of a great way to catapult. I mean, are there other things that you'd recommend high schoolers or, or kids that are in college right now um, to do that they're, they're not doing, you know, other than things you mentioned? The pandemic ruined a generation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I say that jokingly, but it is much more difficult, I've noticed, especially with those younger students that spent most of high school uh, online. Yeah. It, it's really difficult to get them to come out of their shell. You see that? You see I've, that a lot? I've seen that in the past year. Yeah. Uh, I'm hoping it'll evolve and change just based on the fact that, you know, things have changed worldwide. But the, the advice is really just you need to do more than what you're doing. Yeah. So many students kind of rest on their laurels and you know they get that great job when they turn 21. They get an $80,000 bartending job or cocktail waitress job or yeah. whatever. And we often lose a lot of students when they turn 21 to the strip yeah. <laughs> because like you maybe, maybe. <laughs> because yeah. of the hours they're working, yeah. because of the money they're making. Yeah. And then unfortunately, I do see a lot of them come back in their 30s when they because they didn't finish their degree and their back hurts now or they don't want to yeah. be on their feet anymore and they yeah. want to be in an office or they want a job with better insurance. Something different. Yeah. But but the advice still remains the same. 
I want students to definitely talk to people more and more and more and a variety of different people. Yeah. I'm always the one in group projects making everybody, I don't let them choose their own groups. I intentionally, you know, scope Mix out. It up. Yeah. I, yeah, because I want them to be with a variety of different, uh, a variety of diversity within their groups. Yeah. Um, because you see them often go back to their, you know, safe space and talking to the people that look exactly like them. Sure, yeah. But we got to get them talking to everybody that doesn't look like them. We got to get them talking to people that doesn't have different. Doesn't think like them. Doesn't yeah. think like them. Yeah. And I always tell students that freshman year, you know, the group projects, junior and senior year in business, are, are heavy. There's yeah. a lot of group projects, so yeah. you're forced to work with people you like or you don't like, no yeah. matter what. And you have to figure out how to make it work, even if you don't like them. Yeah. And by the way, when you get a job. Are you going to love everybody you work with? Exactly. No, yeah. but you have to figure out how to work with them it, if you want to excel in your job. It's funny you bring up that group setting because I look mm -hmm. back, I never thought about it, but now I'm looking back and I'm like, I used to hate, I'm outgoing, but I used to like, be like why am I, why do they keep putting us in groups? That's exactly but, why. But it makes total sense, right? Because, um, you know, you have, you have internal communication with your employees, your coworkers, and then external with your customers, right? Yeah. And, and both are just as important because if there's a dynamic or negativity amongst everyone in the office, that impacts the bottom line of the business as well. You yes. know? So uh, we try to put a big emphasis on, on culture and, and making sure that people, you know, if they have a conflict, they confront each other and talk about it, right? Versus just burying it or being on email and Slack and talking shit, mm -hmm. you, know, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, I think I think the group setting thing is, is, is crucial. Plus those yeah. emails accidentally get forwarded by oh, people yeah. randomly. Yeah. It happened to oh, us once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll happen again. Inevitably. The client never saw it, luckily. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what are, what are some of your goals? You know, like, are, are you, um, I mean, you obviously love working at the university. I do. Do you, do you see yourself moving into a different role there? Um, staying with what you're doing now just because you enjoy it so much? Like, what do, you, what do you see? Where do you see yourself for the next few years? I've stayed loyal to the job I'm in and the college I'm at and the university I'm at specifically because it's given me everything. Yeah. I mean, before I turned 18, I had literally nothing um, other than some people that were very close to me. Yeah. Then I turned 18. I started a life at UNLV. Technically been working at UNLV since 05 because yeah. I was a yeah, student true. worker. Yeah. So I've technically been working there 16 years, uh, or right around there. And the reason I stay loyal, especially to my college and my current job, is because it's giving me the ability to do a lot of other things within the school. Mm -hmm. So I get to explore things I'm interested in, like helping non-traditional students, or excuse me, now the research uh, is more so shifting towards uh, addressing them as adult learners as opposed to non-traditional students. But adult learners are students that return to school after several years of a gap for a variety of reasons. Yeah. So um, that's a passion project of mine, helping those students figure out how they can you know, graduate in a more happier way because yeah. so they don't feel stuck in the 18 to 22 age demographic yeah. of what college should be. It's gotta be challenging, I would think. Oh, it absolutely is. Yeah. And we have a high number of transfer students uh, and a high number of students above age 25. We have a extremely high number of first generation students, students where their parents didn't go to college or had very little college. Yeah. So there's all these different pockets in which you can in, in your spare time, you can help try to create programs, form committees to try to address in innovative ways how to help specific student populations. Yeah. Um, and I get to wear shorts to work sometimes. So <laughs> I, I, I mean, I can't like, yeah. <laughs> you know, and working in higher education is pretty cush. The money may not be as great, obviously, because it's education and we all know how the pay in education is uh, stereotyped, but um, the flexibility is great. Yeah. Yeah. For example, I get two sick days per month. Yeah. And those build and build and build and I have a lung disease and yeah. uh, and beyond that they're flexible. We have so many personal days, we get comp days, we have to work in orientation on the weekend, whatever. Yeah, it's great. So the flexibility is yeah. kind of match what my self-awareness and myself determined I needed. Yeah. Um now, in the future, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. You know, I've entertained going into corporate America, especially after leadership Las Vegas. Yeah. Not only because I was aware of the opportunities, but, 
you know, you just get to a point, I'm 35 now where I'm, or I'm almost 35 where I'm considering, okay, what do I want my impact to be? Do I want to try to bring it outside of the world of UNLV, which is why I applied to do Leadership Las Vegas in the first place. Yeah. I spent all those years at UNLV, even living on campus, and all I ever known knew about Las Vegas was UNLV. Sure. Yeah. Then, you know. Yeah, but you're making an impact on uh, students' lives every day. Thank you. You know what I mean? Thank so, you, yeah. I mean, to me, that that's that's a huge impact. Um, no, it definitely is. And, yeah. and I, I didn't mean to even, you know, imply that that wasn't the, a rewarding experience because it absolutely is. Yeah. When you do do it for a while, certain aspects of it, you just become jaded and you're just, God, this that's pain. anything. That's anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then when, you know, your two students invite you to do a podcast like this that yeah. you had years ago, yeah. you're like, oh, this is exciting. Sounds like fun. This yeah. Is, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah, so. Yeah. I mean, we had a you know girl that's been working at AdLava for eight, eight years, and she she just quit, like, last week. Okay. For me, it was more like I was sad, but, like, happy for her. But it wasn't due to the job. It was, it was um, like you were saying, sometimes things get stale. You've been doing it for so long. She started off as an intern, a 20-year-old intern, and now she's, you know, almost 30 years old, yeah. you know. And so it was just time for change, you know. And so that, that can happen sometimes. But I think um, – you gotta find you gotta find things that you're passionate about that you that you love to do, you know. And you seem super passionate about what you've done, and you know a lot of the stuff that you've you know dealt with, you know the challenges you've had. UNLV was a big part of of resolving a lot of those. UNLV challenges. saved my life. Yeah, I mean yeah. people uh, in my that should be their new tagline. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, UNLV literally saved my life, um, yeah. and it's also because of all the people that work there you know it started with that in-state tuition waiver and, yeah yeah and just from there I, I've been able to actually chase other opportunities on campus yeah um such as you know awards like I've thankfully been awarded like employee of the year advisor of the year oh, cool. and a variety of those successes on paper looks great yeah yeah but probably my favorite thing that I've done there um these, these past 10 years is through my class, we do a lot of service learning and fundraising and uh, helping nonprofits, local nonprofits. Yeah. And since 2012, my students in my classes have raised like over 75K for organizations in the past decade. Oh, wow. Um, a variety of different organizations, yeah. Junior Achievement, Tortoise Group, uh, you know, they, they love fundraising for animal shelters. Yeah. At the beginning of the semester, I'm always like, you guys want to fundraise for humans or animals? <laughs> and it's yeah. often animals. Well, I'm on the board actually for uh, Big Brothers Big Sisters. Yes. So I've been doing that for a long time. I'm volunteering there Saturday. Are you really? Yeah. Did you talk to Molly? Uh, no, I, I my girl is Brienne over there. Okay, nice. Yeah, yeah it's a great organization. It's, it's, it's crazy. I, I started off with a, a kid, Sean. He was seven. And I remember, still remember meeting him for the first time, and I was more nervous than he was. Yeah. Because I was like, what the hell am I doing? I was like, you know, I had no kids at the time. I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. So I remember being super nervous. But he's um, now he's uh, 19, and he's going to the Marines. Awesome. Yeah, so he, he's dealt with a lot of challenges in his life. And it's a great organization. Because you, you like you're, I always say that you can donate your money, which is easy, but your time is valuable, right? Oh, yeah. So and, and putting your time, I know, has made an impact on his life. And, you know, it's, 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 you're going to love it. It's yeah. really cool. Yeah. So I, they didn't match you yet? Uh, no, not yet. Okay. Not yet. I think I actually might be doing some special event they have Saturday. I'm just not exactly sure. Okay, cool. Very yeah. cool. Nice. So what are um, what side of town do you live on? Do you live west side, east side? Currently or? I live, uh, you know, way up on Blue Diamond, kind of in the deep southwest side of town. Okay. Um, boy, has that expanded over the years. It's crazy. I was in Mountain's Edge. It, it, we left. We're in Summerlin now, but it was it was packed with people I moved restaurants there. and yeah everything yeah we moved there five years ago and there's yeah. been construction ever since yeah. <laughs> there's because so are you further it's down blowing up you're I'm right at the end of, i'm close to the end of blue diamond oh those are some cool homes back there yeah so like a little bit older right some of the some of them are yes yeah and then you know there's obviously some wealthier people that build you know really nice places out with there. land actually right with land yeah, yeah which is unheard of out here oh it's, it doesn't make sense yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you, if you don't have a cookie cutter house that looks like yeah, a house like, well, point two of an acre is like <laughs> massive you know yeah. i grew up in new jersey so like we grew up on five acres yeah and so coming out here i mean you're you're somewhere between point one and Point two, yeah. on average, probably, which yeah. is a whole different lifestyle. What are what are some of the things you do in Vegas, like when you're not in work, like that you love about the city? Is there anything like outdoor activities 
events? Like, what are what are some things that, that you partake in out here? Yeah, well, outdoor, I mean, Red Rock is always phenomenal. So we do Red Rock quite often. I also love Boulder City to get outside of town yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Just, you know, there there's some beauty <laughs> to that quaint little old town. Um, but beyond that, you know, I do all the fun local things. I look yeah. uh, on <clears throat> Eventbrite and things yeah. like that for uh, especially a lot of whiskey tastings. Oh. I'm a huge whiskey Me guy. Too. Me too. And uh, I am always searching for a whiskey tasting whiskey tasting and somehow or somewhere always an organization or a bar is holding one <laughs> <laughs> at least once a month do so you like bourbon or whiskey or uh, i prefer bourbon uh but yeah. i definitely like scotch yeah yeah i'm a bourbon drinker too one of the the pandemic ruined it but i was my wife bought me a trip to uh, the bourbon trail in nice. kentucky have you ever been there or? i have not yet no it's supposed to be like really cool uh one of my coworkers actually went went there recently yeah. i think last year it's basically, it's basically like wine country, but you just bounce around to distilleries and all that kind of stuff. But um, sounds like a beautiful experience. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm I'm familiar with it. It's on the bucket list. It's something I will be doing. In the you got to do it, yeah, Absolutely. for sure. But so, I mean, that, that's the fun thing about Vegas. There's always something to do. Yeah, my wife is constantly going to shows and concerts because yeah. that's her cup of tea. Um, whereas I'm trying to go to like tastings and more low key events. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's just always something to do here. And how can you not be happy about that? Yeah. When I go to any other state, um, at midnight, I get last call. Yeah. At 11 p.m., I get last call. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes if you're in like a major city, you can make it last till two. Maybe. But here, yeah. I, well, especially before the pandemic, you were yeah. never last called. I mean, that didn't no. even exist. No. You can get a massage and a steak at 4 a.m. here. Yeah, yeah. And you can park out front. Yeah. So the fact that you're able to like, park places and the fact that you're able to do anything at any time or get anything you want at any yeah, time any kind of food in the world any kind of food i mean the yeah. food here is amazing yeah, yeah yeah i have some friends that are afraid to eat fish here because they're like why is fish in the oh, desert I mean, that's and I'm, like i'm like they're driving in every day like yeah. they're this isn't a, i always tell people like i grew up on the east coast like i mentioned is that like like we have a pizza sh shop on every corner yeah here we have sushi like right like every every single block has like a sushi bar and yeah um all you can eat sushi yeah it's funny bringing up people from out of town to all you can eat sushi right because they're like what do i do i'm like just order whatever you want <laughs> when i t bring people from west virginia to all you can eat sushi yeah it is a, as much a, of a cultural experience as visiting you know the nicest <laughs> yeah. casino on the strip yeah and they're like what this yeah. is insane yeah. because nothing like that exists in small towns no. obviously my father my, my wife is from north carolina ashboro it's a real yeah. small town so we took her father who's born and raised his whole life he's 70 something years old now in north carolina right so he's a country boy we take him to an all-you-can-eat sushi place and he's like i don't understand the menu and i'm like that's because you have it upside down <laughs> <laughs> you actually can't read it when it's upside down that, but that's a real story a real a, story yeah. Yeah, yeah but you know vegas is um you know i'm sure you talk about a, a lot to your students but there, it is a melting pot off the strip i mean i remember when i first moved here in 2002 it was just casinos. Like yeah. there was very little business, very little activity. That's changed. And that's changed dramatically. And now we've got sports teams and UNLV football. Um, I expect to get better because they're playing at the Raider Stadium Allegiant now, which is should facility wise help them out quite a bit. Oh, yeah. You know, and so but there's you know, you see a lot of big buildings, industrial buildings, manufacturing like there's stuff coming here now that was never here before. So yeah and an advice i give to a lot of people especially when they're trying to find a job or something unique that they didn't know existed because yeah. plain and simple you don't know what jobs exist in a college setting when you're that yeah. young you really don't understand all the different types of jobs that exist yeah so i tell my students when you're on the bus when you're in your car when you're riding through the industrial side of town if you're behind town square with all those buildings whatever yeah write down the company name in your phone look it up and see what jobs they have available yeah uh, on their main website and then obviously yes use all the other popular job searching websites but you got to really go get it because you don't know what all is here yeah there's a ton here and in the shift from the hotels to now this being a prominent business capital of the world is oh, yeah. uh, is very exciting. When the nights came, before yeah. the nights came, and I know uh, you know that correlates with the tragedy of uh, ten one, but before the nights came, I really didn't feel a sense of community here. No. And then the no. nights came, and yeah. I'm at Town Square by <laughs> yeah. uh, in, in at uh, at uh, 
you know, whatever bar there. And just having all the different people in there yeah. actually be excited Cheering about, about, about something Vegas, together. Yeah. About, yeah. about something Vegas. Yeah. You know, it's not two different sports teams from the NFL and you have yeah. all, you're opposing each other in there. You yeah. have everybody together. Rooting for the same team. It's funny you say crazy. that because I told crazy. my wife that I've always been a hockey fan. And I was like, wait till you see when we get the Knights. This town's missing that same thing, the community vibe. There's nothing for us to cheer about together, right? Yeah. And so, and 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 when they came, you know, that after that first magical year, yeah. I remember her coming home like, "You were right, like this." You know, I thought you were nuts because I was like, "Well, why would a sports team do that?" But that's what sports does, right? I mean, it brings people together and I'm a not, common bond. Absolutely, yeah. I'm not even a sports fan, and yeah. I am a huge fan of us having sports, obviously yeah. for student job opportunities. Oh yeah, but beyond that community, I mean, just like you said, our community drastically changed. Oh, without more doubt. vibrant, yeah. far more vibrant. Um, and I even wear night stuff and I don't, I don't watch hockey, <laughs> but I wear night stuff because I want to be a part of the, you know, yeah, the community yeah. of where I live it, and love. Are the, are the sports teams involved at all with UNLV? Or like, um, I know obviously that, you know, the football team is now going to be playing at the same stadium, but is there any contribution from the, the Knights or from the Raiders or anything like that? There definitely is. I just can't speak to all the details just yeah. because I'm not really in the know regarding all that. Yeah. But there is. Yeah. And there's definitely things in the works as well. We've started creating new certificates related to sports management. Oh, cool. Sports finance and things of that nature because we know that those jobs are going to be popping up and continuing to pop up for our students. Yeah. Plus, half the students I talk to, half want to be accountants. And the other half want to, you know, work for a sports team. Yeah. Uh, and those are because yeah. accounting is like one of our most popular majors. And then, and then everybody else is just trying to figure out how they can work for the Knights or the Raiders. Um, it's not that many jobs. No. <laughs> well, business students are funny because yeah. I rarely hear business students wanting to talk about wanting to work in hotels. Yeah. And obviously we have a phenomenal hotel college at UNLV. And those students obviously want to work in hotels because yeah. that's their degree. But business students, you really don't hear that from them. Yeah, see, I, I hear you, and, and it's funny because I, I grew up in the restaurant business. Like yeah. My grandfather owned restaurants, my uncle owned restaurants. I was peeling potatoes when I was a teenager, yeah. washing dishes, doing all that stuff. So when I went to UNLV Hotel School, I thought it was more culinary-ish, mm -hmm. and it was so heavy on hotel. I think that's another reason why I kind of went in, in a different direction because I was like, I don't have an interest to work, to work in a hotel. Yeah. It's just too corporate, you know, and I think I – think, a lot of younger kids I'm noticing want to do stuff that's a little bit, maybe it's because of social media or whatnot. It it's is. just different. Whatever you're about to say, it is because of social media. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be wild, right? Like, the, you know, I, I think about that. I'm like, I'm happy I was born before all this stuff, you know? Like, I thankfully <laughs> get students around, most of my students I get, you know, 18 and older. It's rare that I get like a 15, 16, 17 year old. Yeah. But when I talk to K through 12 people, all those kids want to want to do YouTube. I know it's, and, not, it's not real. And by know. the time they get to college, there's still definitely some of them that are wanting to pursue that or trying to pursue it on the side. Yeah. Um, but eventually, whether they're having success or not, if they're not having success, they come to the realization: okay, I got to figure out something. I got to do something real. Yeah. Because I've just <laughs> spent six years trying to become a YouTuber, <laughs> and you know, I really haven't been paying attention to anything else. You hear these stories of this one kid making all this money doing whatever. You're talking about like a fraction of a percent of all the people trying to do it, right? So it's yeah, like, I mean, it's like being an NBA player. Nobody ever quotes the CEO of Target. Everybody quotes Elon Musk and Gary yeah. Vee and yeah. Bill Gates. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. yeah, so I, it's funny because I'm always trying to tell them, you know, all these people you look up to, especially the ones, the billionaires and millionaires that yeah. tell you not to go to college. Yeah, yeah. Um, they have good arguments for why they say that. Yeah. Because they were successful and they have told you how to become successful. Yeah. But, you, but in order to be successful without a college degree... You either definitely have to know somebody or you have to have a lot of grit and a lot of persistence yeah, and a yeah. hell of a work ethic. Yeah. So it is possible. Yeah. Uh, it absolutely is possible. Yeah. Um, but stereotypically, you know, the majority of jobs now require at least a bachelor's degree. You're 100% correct. No matter what the title is. I it's mean, a rough road going the other route. It you is. know, it's, it's, it's like you said, grit and hard work and, you know, a lot of downs, <laughs> you know, but but it's tough. And so I, I, I always recommend like... I want my kids to go. My wife and I argue sometimes about it because I, did, I didn't graduate. And she had a great experience at college. But I effed up my own college experience by yeah. transferring three times and never, you know what I mean? So it was oh, very yeah. disjointed. Like I was never, 
like when I, I am a sports fan, right? But I don't have a passion for all th- any of the three schools I went to because I wasn't there long enough. Yeah. You know, UNLV is probably the closest because I've I've stayed here. You know, I support the football team and yeah. things like that, right? But it's it's um, college is great because it gives you your first opportunity to be alone, right? Mm-hmm. Like your your situation's rare, right? And and it's amazing what you've accomplished, um, given all the challenges you've been have been thrown at you. But a lot of people have just you know a more traditional setup. And, you know, going to school is their first venture out to being, to find out who they are. Yeah. And, and, you know, it gives you that stability. And I've noticed a big difference in people that have worked here at the company that have college degrees and the ones that don't. Mm-hmm. That foundation of being able to write well, they, they can kind of jump in and get acclimated to the business environment a lot faster, you know? So I always recommend, you know, things that we talked about, like internships, um, you know, obviously finishing college, unlike me. <laughs> yeah. When we, <laughs> you know, when but, we survey employers, one yeah. of the number one things they say they want from our graduates is them to have better communication skills. Yeah. And that includes, you know, obviously verbal well, writing and uh, speaking. A hundred percent. And and written skills, I feel like a lot of the younger kids have come across my plate, at least, are solid at. Yeah. It's the verbal, the communication skills verbally, or or God forbid. They have to pick up the phone and call somebody. Yeah, that's where the, the I think the the generation gap in the challenges lie. Right? Is maybe they're not like everyone's texting. Everybody's on social. You also don't have to call you know? to even order a pizza anymore. There's Correct. no reason to be on the phone. Correct. I mean to actually talk to somebody on the phone. Correct. But what what I've learned is when you have a especially a business conflict. Yeah. Email can be read and misconstrued, and and you might read an email a certain way or a text, and I might read it a completely different way just because of one word. Yeah. But if you if I talk to you on the phone, you can hear my tone. You can, you know, or if we met in person, you can see the, my body language, and it's a whole different thing. We could say the exact same thing, but through written copy, it doesn't translate the same, right? Well, so. the pandemic, because of all the online communication that was required, yeah. And now I pr- I barely see students in person anymore, unfortunately, because they're so acclimated to just seeing us virtually or over the phone now yeah so pre-pandemic it definitely wasn't happening i never talked to students on the phone now i constantly am so hopefully you know the fact that they had to do so much online communication in a different way yeah that challenged them in a different way yeah i'm hoping it helps them you know at least evolve with talking on the phone because i I do have a lot of students that are afraid to talk on the phone. yeah it's funny right yeah Yeah. well and that's why i'm telling them to go date and go go to network out there yeah like if you go to an event and you don't talk to anybody you're wasting your time yeah you were talking about your wife my wife actually graduated from unlv uh, a couple of years ago okay she came back after uh she got her associates in Minnesota in her 20s, and recently she just turned 40, so she finished it, and she came back because of me. I was encouraging her to finish her degree as an adult learner, Yeah. and she finally finished her degree fully online at UNLV, and uh, we, we just had such a great time. I was so excited because seeing her in her late 30s get her degree yeah, uh, yeah. It made her feel very proud, even though she was already accomplished in her career. Sure, yeah. So, yeah, so yeah. I, that was just something I wanted to bring up. And I've always thought about going back yeah. and just doing it, you know, just mainly to make my mom happy. Yeah, yeah. It would be, it'd probably be worth it for <laughs> that reason. You'll have to look me up when you go back. Yeah. Like, oh, this guy's screwed. He's going to start <laughs> over. Oh. It's been a long time. So, yeah. um, so a, couple, a couple last questions. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, last thing kind of about the city, like where do you, where do you see the city going next five, 10 years? Any, anything you know, new um, or exciting or something you're excited about with, with Las Vegas in general? Uh, the fact that we have a med school now is literally going to lead to a better medical system in Las Vegas. Yeah. And I would say personally, because, you know, I have CF, my wife actually has CF too. Um, the fact that I know that we're going in a better route to develop a more, uh, a system where you don't have to get an MRI at 10 PM. The sure. last time I needed an MRI, I, it, I could only get it at like 10 PM, which is insane. Yeah. I, I couldn't even yeah. believe they were offering MRIs at 10 PM. Yeah. But I do see, uh, that, that system getting better. Um, I see education becoming more and more important or at least prevalent in the community to where we have a better collaboration with the city and yeah. the college. Uh, for a long time, the hotel college, you know, obviously because of their ranking and their status, they, you know, kind of run the game in community yeah. Yeah. Uh, in community engagement because of all the hotels. Yeah. But now with all these businesses, everybody it's changed. else, it's yeah. changed drastically. So the business school is having a more prevalent uh role in helping these businesses figure out, you know, 
uh, economic projections, and just a variety of other things. But I am excited with where Vegas is going. The housing market scares me. Yeah, there's things like that. Yeah. Um, But just the fact that we're getting all these sports teams and we're feeling more like a community is unreal. Because Uh, earlier, it it did not feel like a community. No, it didn't. It it, it definitely changed over the last five years or so. We felt separated so much. Yeah, yeah. So my last question. Yeah. Who do you like better, Emily as a student or Chelsea? Oh, (laughs) that's a rough question. Or I'll let you change the question. And you can give me a good story about either one of them. Well, um, I do know Chelsea better than Emily because Chelsea was in my class and and we've maintained a a friendship. Trying to embarrass them a little bit. Yeah, yeah, of course. (laughs) Um, You know, I I, uh, have a project in my class where you have to, uh, it's like a mock business. You run a mock business. And I think Chelsea was either the president or vice president. Okay. Uh, And something along the lines happened where I want it to feel real, even though it's fake, because I want them to go through the motions. And I asked Chelsea, hey, you have to fire one of your employees, which was (laughs) another student in my class. Yeah. Doesn't mean the student got an F, doesn't mean. And all the students were aware that somebody was going to get fired. And I remember making Chelsea fire that student, and she was not very happy about it. I couldn't picture Chelsea firing someone. Well, she was 18 out of high school. She had no idea. How did she do it? Do you remember? Uh, Well, I didn't make her do it in front of me. (laughs) Yeah, so I made her. I made her do it somewhere else. Um, And then, you know, I just remember Emily being on top of everything. She was just on top of everything regarding all her requirements, emails. Her emails were extremely professional. Chelsea's were more like text, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, but yeah, Noah, two very phenomenal students. Awesome, man. Well, Mm -hmm. I I, I really appreciate you coming down here and learned a lot. Uh, Anything you want to plug on UNLV, anywhere people can find you or the school or... No, I mean, UNLV.edu. Edu, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I was just thankful to have this opportunity to talk about UNLV and yeah. Vegas and the business school. And yeah, this was exciting. So thank you. Thanks, John. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Talk to you soon. You're welcome.